ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. Every week, I swear that I'm going to like take a note of something or something that I find to be like interesting enough to uh, bring up here on this year podcast. And I never can. Now, right now, I'm sitting here. They sent me one of these ring lights for work. So that's like I'm using to do this. And I got this pimp right here in the middle of my forehead. And it's just looking right at y'all. Ain't really looking at y'all. It's just looking at me. Because most of y'all probably wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't said nothing. You know what I mean? Now I just pointed it out because I couldn't help myself. It's probably a bad play. But anyway, I was trying to think of something like, you know, interesting that has transpired in my life or whatever since the last time I talked to you. Not even exactly sure when the last time was to talk to you because all these things just kind of run together. Um, Hmm. Don't really have anything for you. Huh. Oh, well. We'll just go ahead and get to your questions. How uncomfortable is the conversation about Kamala's blackness going to get? So, the tricky part for me, at least in this moment, about dealing with this question is... Like, it's white dude that asked it, right? I don't know how uncom- uncomfortable them conversations going to get with you because you're going to be talking to people that I, I really don't be talking to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really have a great handle on what the folk that you're talking to are going to be saying about her blackness. I got I got nothing on that. Uh, will that be an uncomfortable conversation for me, like, among black people? I mean, I don't know if uncomfortable is the word. Wouldn't be the first time we've been down this road. Um, are you talking about, though, like just the idea of the question of whether or not she is like an African-American because her dad's from Jamaica? Like, is that what we're talking about? Because like there's some. I mean, like the question about being a descendant of slavery, like as it relates to a conversation about reparations, for example, like, I mean, I think that does matter. Right. And when you start talking about like the economic conditions that someone started with i do think that's a relevant point of conversation just because they don't just let like any old body come into the country you know what i mean like there's a measure i mean i don't know selection bias is exactly the right term but you understand i think conceptually what i'm talking about here is that like if you black and you from the united states like y'all getting the top end of us and y'all are getting the bottom end of us like nobody can really make us put in an application to be born therefore like you, you you get where i'm coming from here right like they're not just letting anybody in here so that is kind of a relevant point of conversation when you start comparing like the outcomes of certain immigrants and immigrant groups to those people who are from the united states like that's 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 something to be discussed now what is not to be discussed though is that for the entirety of her life when kamala harris walks into a room Unless it's with some of her daddy's family or people she know through him. Um, she ain't walking in the room and people being like, hold up, guys. Hold up, guys. Her daddy from Jamaica and her mama from India is different. Like, that's not really how it goes. Like, once you hear and once you in it, you are dealing with, like, what blackness is. And from what I can tell, and I don't purport to be, like, a Kamala Harris expert, 
But from what I can tell, she talks about like black people, like American black people in the first person. Like I saw something the other day, uh, I think it may have been yesterday, where a dude, Akon, had done some interview and he was talking about how, you know, black Americans just need to let go of slavery, which is just kind of its own discussion. I mean, not a discussion I'm going to have because that's ridiculous, but like, and I'm not judging him or blaming him for this, but like, that's a dude that's talking about American black people in the third person. He is not an American black person. I don't think he was, he wasn't born here, I don't think, right? Um, but either way it goes, regardless of what it is, he's talking about black people, you know, American black people in the third person. Harris, like, that's not her game. That's not what she does. Now, see, it's being said here that she calls herself an African-American. Look, man, here's my thing about the hyphen name game. And I don't, want, like, I don't want to invalidate anybody or, like, discount the ideas or whatever. Some of the reasons that I imagine that some people do this. But you kind of realize how, like, whoa, this is. Like, when you realize that Lupita, uh, she is, what, a Kenyan-Mexican? Because she was born in Mexico, but, like, she's Kenyan. Another way to say that is that she's black, right? But the truth is, the term African-American, I think there are two reasons that people like have used them. There's a positive reason for the use of the term African-American, which is to embrace the idea that we are Americans. And whether you like it or not, if you are born here and you grew up in this, you are an American. Like This is the culture that surrounds you. You could resist it all you want and you can fight the idea, but the truth in application is that you are an American. And so if you are trying to get people to view us as Americans and not as other while still retaining an acknowledgement of our identity, then a term like African-American works. But I feel like on the other side of things, people who use the term African-American because black is like a bad word to them. You know, the folks that are whispering, you know, he's you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, the whole purpose of black existing as a term is to be the negative opposition to white. Like, white folks invented the notion of race for black to be bad. Therefore, like, a lot of white people realize and, like, immediately feel even if they're not like conscious of what this reality is, that when they talk about something being black, they're talking about it being bad. Like specifically talking about people. Like black by definition is bad in the application of it. And so you're going to have people that then go into using African-American. Like it's a euphemism. Now to me, black is not something that needs to be euphemized, but a lot of people believe that it is. Therefore, I say this. For those people, African-American is a euphemism. And that, if you want to talk about something being uncomfortable, it's the very idea of the way that people use the term African-American most commonly in public discussion. If you're going to find something to be uncomfortable about, right? Um, I just raised this question because I, you know, I've seen a lot about just people in the general level of excitement that you see in largely from black women about the fact that there is a black woman that is a vice presidential nominee. This hasn't happened before. All this stuff. Right. You feel how you feel. My question is this. Do any of y'all actually know an undecided voter? 
like I always hear about undecided voters and I typically find it a little bit like I, I don't really like think I know these people in real life or maybe we just don't talk about it. But in many years, I've just been like, who in the world is this undecided voter? So like Obama's running against McCain. I'm like, who in the world is the undecided voter in that? Like, but I mean, we've come to understand that those people exist and it really comes down to the end. Like, I don't you know, that's what it is. But in 2016, I was like, yo, so who is the undecided voter here? Like, who's the person that needs to be swayed? Apparently, there were those people. I read many newspaper articles about those folks. In 2020, I ain't saying nothing about who you are or are not going to vote for. I'm just trying to figure out who the hell is the undecided voter. Like, given the face of this pandemic and everything else, and they out here fucking with the mail, ain't no telling when the ballot's going to get in or whatever. I'm just asking this right now. Why can't you just send all this stuff out right now and we can vote today on August the 12th? Why can't we? Because I just can't imagine that at, at this point in time that anybody's really sitting there and just being like, damn, man, I don't know. I got to go back over my research. Like, who is that? I'm lost. Let me tell you something, man. It is what it is right now. I don't really, like, this stuff ain't going to be pleasant, man. Like, election night is not going to be pleasant. I took a nap on election night in 2016. Ain't no way in the world I'm going to be able to do that this year. Ain't like me watching going to change nothing, right? But I got to know. Like, hit me up to some games. Give me something. I want to lay my head down easy, and I can't. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Why are all these dudes hating on WAP? Are we calling it WAP? I've only read it. I don't know what we're calling it. Anyway, don't they know the effect the song will have when it comes on at a party slash club slash brunch? It's very interesting that you mentioned that because one thing I think I was going to say about this song was that perhaps the situation that we have is that being in a pandemic, even the dudes that ain't necessarily on board, like with whatever they say it is. So when I was younger, and some of y'all may be too young to remember this, right? But there's this song that came out, I want to say in the year 2001. And it was called My Neck, My Back. All right? Now, as far as, like, rapping goes, My Neck, My Back is pretty whack. It's pretty whack. And it is an admonition for men to touch them all. You know what I'm saying? Touch them all. Anyway, um, even if you didn't like my neck, my back, I do remember the first time I heard that beat drop in the club and everything changed. You hear me? Everything changed. And my feelings about what the song was or wasn't really didn't matter anymore. That wasn't what it was about. All right? And so perhaps if the, the, the gushy gushy song that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion put out, perhaps if it had come out in a time where people could be out like, you know, truly enjoying it, maybe they would feel a little bit differently. Here's my question. 
I understand that there are men who have expressed like some puritanical impulses after the song and the video came out. I get that. Okay. What I'm asking you though is how many of those dudes is it really that are saying this? I feel like this is another circumstance where we took the same four or five people and started passing them around the timeline and then started talking about how it was everybody. Then you had your usual suspect white folks letting y'all do the job for them where they troll and then you wind up being the person passing it around. So I'm like sincerely asking, like, do we what what handle do we have on how many people is actually doing this? Like, we got these Congress people running for all, like, people running for Congress or whatever in these districts in these states that I don't care about, talking about how this song is setting young girls back and everything else. I don't know who these people are. Why in the world am I gonna sit around and do help for them to promote their campaign? Now, again, it's different for me because my reach is different. So even if I want to dunk on them, I'm amplifying them in a different way. But again, I'm just I just don't have a great grasp on whether or not the outrage that we're talking about, if it's really that loud or if we the ones out here like going to ask for it. I don't have a handle on this. I do not know. I did hear people make the argument that this is like, you know, uh, how nasty this is in order to get on the radio. Because I've seen people really raise the question and say even the edited version might be a little bit too much for the radio. Got it. I just know this. I listened to that song and I ain't heard nothing in line with what I considered to be the most inappropriate like thing I recall hearing on a song that was like, on a radio mix. And that is like without question. Let me see you, let me see you play with your monkey. Bring it to me sweaty cuz I like it when it's funky. And see the thing to me about that is I understand that you probably shouldn't be using the word monkey on the radio. At least not in that, you know, that phrasing. But that's not the problem. Bring it to me sweaty because I like it when it's funky. You ain't going to tell me that there's anything on the Gushy Gushy song that I find to be nearly as what the fuck is that? Like you go listen to David Banner's play. Go find the radio mix of that. The Gushy Gushy song is not as inappropriate as that one. It's not. Again, I don't be listening to the radio, so I don't know like what, what, what the deal is these days or whatever it is. You know, like I don't I don't have an answer for you on that. But I just don't know if it's honestly that many dudes that have a problem with this, as is being said. I think that we are once again taking a small number of people and making them out to be more than they actually are. But that's in the space that I'm in. Maybe it's a little different in the space that you're in. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here.
Like right here. How do you feel about no one speaking on how Kanye is legitimately trying to undermine democracy? He can only be successful in undermining democracy if we keep looking at him. Like, yo, that story is wild. Like, the idea that Kanye is launching a campaign in the name of being an operative to interfere with Joe Biden is some banana stuff, right? Like, I fully acknowledge that. However, the plan is so bad because it's supposed to take away black voters. And again, I don't know the last time you went to a Kanye West show, but I ain't see no black people there. We're not in on him. He has spent the last four years being on the other side of these things. In the last four years. So he may be trying to undermine the democracy. I'm just also, by the way, this thing happens a little bit more than you realize, by the way. Campaigns funding other campaigns to affect people like this is actually not really undermining the notion of democracy in the way that you're saying this happens. But the only way the Kanye thing can be affected is if we keep looking at him. And I just don't really see no reason for me to look at him. Like not if he's trying to pretend to talk about something important because he's not. I'm not. We don't have to do that. All right. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Man here says, is it right for my family to cast shade on me? Because I'm not happy with the Kamala pick. I mean, what does not happy mean becomes the question. This goes to where I was talking about with the undecided voter. Like, you know, I got my decision made on who I'm going to vote for. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I got my decision made. All right. And so given the conditions of the current election, I was thinking to myself, who would my candidate of choice have to choose as a running mate? For me to be like, nah, man, I'm out. Like, I'm just curious here. It's just, just like, it's to be a very interesting test for everybody to have in this. So let's say you, you, you had planned to vote for Joe Biden. Who would Joe Biden have to make his running mate in order for you to be like, nah, I'm not going to do that? Like, start with some extreme names and start walking back. I think some of you might be fascinated by how far you'd be willing to go. So let's just say for whatever reason, you know, we know Joe Biden. He works with lots of people, you know, holds on to some like positive attitudes about some people that other people don't have positive attitudes about. Right. So Joe Biden came up and was like, my nominee for vice president is Dan Quayle. Y'all remember Dan Quayle? What if Joe Biden said his nominee for vice president was Dan Quayle? Just ask yourself, would that make you not vote for Joe Biden? Like, I feel like given the polling nature of the current election, it would actually take a lot. So I... I think this is one of them situations for people who happen to be on the left or thinking about voting for Biden. It's going to be some people who complain because this is not the this is not the person that they wanted to be in this position. And as this happens at first, those people are going to complain about it. I find it highly unlikely 
that there will ultimately be a single person whose vote, and there's no way we'd actually be able to observe this, but I don't think there's going to be a single person whose actual vote is going to be swayed because Kamala Harris was chosen as the vice presidential nominee. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, that's an exaggeration, certainly. But I think that number of people is negligible. Negligible. And like one thought about it is that it's really, you know, out of California is where you get the people who dislike her the most. And no disrespect, but I, it's going to take a lot more of them before California come in play. <laughs> I believe that. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. On a positive note, how's the Bruce Lee working out workout coming along during this summer? So I'll tell you guys a little bit of a story. So this weekend, I uh, left the city like for real left the city for the first time since quarantine. Friend of mine got a place in the Hamptons. And so we rolled out, right? Me and my brother rolled out there and I wanted my brother to roll out with me because he's a photographer dude, you know what I mean? And so I wanted to like take some pictures, you know, in the environs. I picked me out an outfit, you know, all that stuff. Got you. couple things on that by the way number one i realize a serious hole in my game is like summer pants like i wanted to take pictures in some pants you know what i mean like it's hard as my boy uh jovi's made the point it's hard to look cool in shorts and that's something to that so i tried to do pants but i got a limited repertoire when it comes to summer pants like i realized this like i can't be out going out posted up by the pool in the hamptons and i'm wearing jeans you know what i'm saying like that wasn't gonna work so anyway, but while we were there, I um, was in the pool, you know, had on swim trunks, you know what I'm saying? No shirt on, because, you know, I was in the pool or whatever. And uh, my brother was like, yo, let's take a couple of shots like this. I'm like, look, man, I ain't Izzy Gutierrez, you know what I'm saying? That's like not really my get down. I ain't really just out here, like, taking, shirt, taking pictures without no shirt on, you know what I'm saying? That's not really what, that's not really my bag. And so, a couple of days later, my brother showed me a couple of the pictures. Got to tell you, the Bruce Lee workout is coming along quite well. Like, we're not quite at no actual Bruce Lee level, right? It's going to take me like a few more months and probably another level of dedication. But I ain't going to lie, after I got to look at them pictures, man, I've been going harder on the workouts than ever, baby. I'm like, yo, I might be able to turn this into a little something. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like now I got to go somewhere and learn how to do some kung fu. Otherwise, I'm just out here faking the funk. I'm a, what they call it, a poser. A poser. I'd take this a little bit farther. You know what I'm saying? But now, nah, man, I'm on it. I'm on it. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here.
love this. Somebody put a question in. I know you're not big on rankings, comma, but. Lance, kick Kyle out the room. Like, if you got to start with I know you don't like, don't do that shit. Like, is it that hard? All right, do you think artists like Stevie Luther, et cetera, will remain iconic with younger generations? It feels like we're streaming in the fall off of radio. Kids aren't forced to listen to their parents' or grandparents' music anymore. Yeah, but that's not the reason it's going to fall off. It's going to fall off because, like, like, time. That's how it works. Like, is Cab Calloway a big deal to us? Like, maybe with some people, I suppose. You know, but, I mean, this is just kind of what it's going to be. Like, no matter what it was, think about this, man. You're talking about Stevie. This is what? 19, I mean, 2020? So we're talking about, like, music of my mind and where I'm coming from. I want to say they came out in 1971. Like, so, I mean, that's just 50 years old. Like, it is, there's only but so much stuff that we can expect the youngsters to be able to consume you know what I mean? Like, like so we're going to ask them to go back to the 90s and to go back to the 80s and to go back to the 70s. Like, what we want to do with Sam Cooke, right? And so part of what happens is even if you had the radio, the, the radio stations that program, like, the adult contemporary stuff, I've seen this, like, happen more noticeably with rock. But, like, it used to be, like, the Beatles got the most play on classic rock stations, or, you know, on the, like, the old, you know, the old, you know what I mean? Like, it used to be them. And then that, then as the time goes on, and the top three bands are like Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, and Journey. And what happens is, it's a new set of old people. And so the old people station is going to be playing the songs from the youth of the new batch of old people. And so at some point, like those stations for black folks, like I haven't listened to them stations in a while, but at some point, man, it's going to be a whole lot more like 80s, you know, like roller skate type stuff. Then it's going to be Al Green and them. Because the people that grew up with Al Green ain't going to be here much longer. Like, that's what the game is going to be, and that's how that's going to flip up. And so, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some kids that are into Stevie Wonder, but it's going to take work for them to go about it. Because Stevie is not, like, the artist of my age. You know, like, I, I mean, I got all souls, name of the company, you know what I mean? Like, my musical tastes are not necessarily in line with my contemporaries in the same way and so for most people my age they're not just playing stevie wonder around the house they might but that's not necessarily their default all right appreciate the question let me see what else you got here This is this question. The dude says, you say your brother's a photographer. What's he working with? What's the gear? I said, he's a photographer. I didn't say I was a photographer. You know what he's got? A camera with a big-ass lens. Damn. A lot of questions. Got to be honest with you guys. Most of them are whack. Are you down for a drama reboot of The Fresh Prince? Hell no, I'm not down for a drama reboot of The Fresh Prince. Like, 
No. And almost like I feel like that's a poor representation of like what the current times are. That somebody sees the concept of the Fresh Prince and they're like, all right, now let's make it serious. No, 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 no. We don't need that. Uh, we don't need that. I ain't really that keen on the idea of a comedy reboot of the Fresh Prince. Uh, Fresh Prince is another one of these shows. I think I've seen every episode after like season two. I don't really know how much actual laughing at the Fresh Prince that I was doing, right? Like a room full of white folks writing jokes about black people that's really tied to class related humor. I mean, is that really your idea of a good time? Because that's not really my idea of a good time. The other thing I always found to be interesting about the Fresh Prince, by the way, it only took Will like one season and he didn't shake all the bougie off of them. But they went from acting so different in season one and season two. Like it was going to take more time than that for him to like crack the code on them. It just was. I will say this, though. Maybe, just maybe, the funniest scene in sitcom history. And I know it's probably not the number one, but it's definitely way up there. And that is the first episode of The Fresh Prince. And Jazz came over, and Uncle Phil was playing some of that classical music that he never played again after season one. And he's got the classical music playing on the record player. And he's talking about the oboes and everything else and telling people to listen for this and listen for that. And the next thing you know, Jazz over there on the table, cutting and scratching. And then that was the first time that Uncle Phil threw Jazz up out the crib. That'll never stop being funny. Never ever stop being funny, right? But as the show went on... You didn't have as much of a contrast, and they started, they started like, it's all right. Like, I mean, it's all right. Like, I feel like if you're young and like, yo, I never saw The Fresh Prince, you ain't really missing out on nothing. You know what I mean? Like, if you caught it on reruns at the crib or whatever, that's cool. But, like, to me, it ain't, that ain't like, oh, my God, I used to love The Fresh Prince. No, nah, The Fresh Prince was on. That's probably the best way for me to put it. Fresh Prince was on. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else. Somebody here talking about what songs particularly make you say Nas has a bad ear for beats. Take your Nas stand ass on somewhere else. I ain't in here just trying to make people mad. And by the way, I just got on the internet the other day and said I don't think it's fair to say Nas has a bad ear for beats. Like the one thing about talking about Nas having a bad ear for beats is he's also the dude who was on Illmatic. And I would note that where I thought he came up short, like in his first three or four albums, were the ones I know the best. It wasn't even necessarily on beat selection. It was on concepts, but not so much the beats. Uh, but anyway. All right, guys. I'm trying to find a question. Trying to find a question. Do you think Sarah Cooper's Trump impressions are funny? No. I do not. I 
I imagine that a lot of you guys find them to be funny because she got all the followers in the world. She just like filled in for uh, for Jimmy Kimmel the other night. I don't get it. I'm not sure what there is for me to get, but I don't get it. The people saying there aren't impressions. Whatever you want to call it, I don't give a damn about the word. I don't get it. Somebody said, do you think she deserves a Netflix special? What the hell does deserve mean? They think that if she does a special, people will watch it. That's kind of how deservingness is, mattered, is, is measured in that space. Like, I don't care if she deserves it, you know? No, they think people will watch it. Okay, I personally do not get it. And the measure for whether or not she should have a Netflix special is not about whether or not I get it. All right, appreciate the question. Somebody says here, should I feel bad for thinking Easy's verse on For the Love of Money was pure trash? No, you shouldn't feel bad for thinking that that verse was trash. Everybody thinks that verse is trash. Even if you liked it, you think that. Standing on the corner straight, slanging rocks. My thing about that verse is this. Did Easy E pay somebody money to write that? Right? Like, none of us think the Easy E is no lyricist. Like, who got money to write that verse? Because I feel like Easy could have written that himself. I could be wrong, but I feel like he could have done it. That's an easy check for somebody, boy. All right, guys. No disrespect, but it's a lot of questions. It's too hard for me to find a good one right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. We try to do this thing about once a week. My man, Lance Gilliam, handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you can't watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Uh, subscribe at... All right. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. All right. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe to Stitcher Radio. Check us out on SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. All right. Much better. Try to talk to you guys next week. Take it easy.